Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, here in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Great to be in Studio A. Oh, man, Studio A. Oh, I, yeah. I, I tell it's you Hanukkah what. hangover still, I think. <laughs> oh, man. The holiday season is upon us, boys. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that's right. So, man, I'll tell you what. So today we got uh, just a couple announcements. Uh, uh, Mr. Mike Cromwell uh, will be preaching this weekend, teaching, I should say, on Shemot, which is the Torah portion we're going to be studying today. And so you don't want to miss that, whether you're live streaming online or you're here in person. I would say that uh, it's something that you don't want to miss. He's always got an interesting perspective on things uh, as well. Uh, also, Happy New Year. You know, we're so uh, coming up. We're going to have a, a, a new Gregorian new Gregorian New Year. Yeah, new Gregorian year uh, before we hear uh, before you hear from us again, I guess, on the podcast. So that's exciting stuff. 2019. Yep. And then uh, also, um, you know, we are going to be studying today the Torah portion Shemot. So, I mean, we could just get down to business. Um, now, Shemot is, uh, means the names, and uh, Exodus, uh, it starts at the beginning of Exodus, so Exodus chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 6, verse 1. And i got to be honest with you guys. Uh, you know, I've been thinking, you know, because we've been having Exodus coming up, right? We're going to be coming through Genesis, and I love the book of Genesis. And man. we are a little late with the uh, podcast. We apologize for that, but you're going to get it before uh We are. Before it we've been preoccupied, you know? We, we usually put it on on a Tuesday afternoon, evening, so yeah. some of you might be uh, chomping at the bit here. We're not going to let you down if we're going to help it. That's right. Okay, so um, I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, you know, I was thinking about, about Exodus, you know, and, uh, I love the book of Genesis. I love the book of Deuteronomy. I love the book of John, the book of Romans, you know, um, I've got these special books that I really get excited about. And so then, you know, when it comes to Exodus, I was thinking, man, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt again, we do this, you know, this time of year, then we do it at, at Passover. And then, you know, also we get to, to watch Charlton Heston do it, you know, and anyways, I just, it's one of those things where, uh, you can get bogged down into feeling like, man, this is just overdone. So I'm having this conversation with my son, uh, and how many of you guys know that uh, sometimes we can get a lot of wisdom from our young people? They've got this special just way about things. And uh, we were talking about a show that he watches and and whether or not I approved of it or or, or things, because you guys know that if as in a Christian home, we, we want to make sure that we are not necessarily overly controlling what our children are watching, but we want to make sure that we're aware, and we want to make sure that we're having good conversations with our children about helping them make good decisions about what they're watching. And so he and I are having a conversation, he's nine, about the show, and in the show, uh, there is this, you know, place that's in between time and space where these people can, uh, this, you know, guy that's can get into there. And there's a father and a, a son and a daughter that control basically the, the spiritual realm of this, this thing, you know? And, and what's interesting is, you know, I'm talking to him and I just, it just dawned on me. The Bible is the greatest stories ever told. And they're true. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And every other story that's out there is just pulling things from the Bible. It's there's nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, you got this. Uh, you know, you have dragons in the Bible. You've got uh, demons. You've got uh, glorious victories. You've got war and famine and flood and uh, and all of these things. And 
I mean, come on, you can't get better than this. And so I think uh, my son, through this conversation I was having with him, just gave me kind of a renewed appreciation for the stories in the Bible, especially the book of Exodus. And on that note, I'm excited to jump in to Shemot, the name, starting in Exodus 1-1 and going to 6-1. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. You know, let's have some reading of the scriptures here, just to kind of lay out a little bit of a uh, foundation uh, in, in, in going over some, some main points here in the story of Moses, of Moshe. So Ryan's going to read Exodus chapter 1, verse 1, um, all the way through, I do believe, uh, verse, to verse... verse 22? Or? Let's just do verse to verse 10. Okay, let's do it. Now, these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when they're... When they are falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. So once again, we have the children of Israel no longer have favor. And um, very interesting that what happens, we have, of course, uh, 70 souls came uh, down to Egypt from the loins of Jacob, 70 souls. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because they, they leave the promised land and they go down into Egypt, 70. Now, the number 70, Ryan, also means the nations. The, the 70 nations, 70. Uh, I think 70 bulls were offered up during tabernacles in rep, in representation of the nations. So it's kind of interesting because we know that people are coming out of the nations today to seek after the Hebrews of the Christian faith. Uh, and then, of course, you know, uh, the land of Egypt was filled with the children of Israel. It was just filled with the children of Israel. And I don't know how that population spurt actually works, but boy, I tell you what, they had a lot. We know that. There were so many that when they had the census, they had over 600,000 men at the age of 20 and up that they counted, not counting the wives or the children. So this king comes, comes uh, of Egypt, and he did not know Joseph, okay? So I want to read to you from the uh, Keyword Study Bible. Actually, that's what I have here. I have a uh, Keyword Study Bible for the Hebrew and Greek King James Version. And I want to read to you just this little commentary here in regards to that this particular uh, king of Egypt did not know Joseph. Uh, it says here that um, the expression arose over Egypt could better be translated arose against Egypt. This probably refers to the invasion of the Hyksos, a people related to the Hebrews who conquered Egypt. The Hyksos were never numerous, so the growing nation of Israel posed a threat to them. This threat ultimately led the, the Hyksos rulers to enslave the Jews. When the Hyksos were later driven out, all of the hatred which the native Egyptians had for foreigners was focused on the Hebrews. Because the native Egyptians also feared they would become too numerous, they made the Israelite servitude more harsh and attempted to control the population by killing the male babies. I mean, this, this is what we're seeing unfold in this story. All of a sudden, 
it's kind of like a change in the administration of our government from one president to another. You can actually see a contrast. Oh, yeah. Uh, based upon policies, preference, whatever it is. Uh, we can see that with President Obama versus President Trump. There's a contrast there. You know, uh, it would it would seem to be that maybe Obama didn't really know Israel that much or want to know Israel. Yeah. Kind of gave the prime minister of Israel, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, a hard time or made him come in the back door, all these things. And here all of a sudden now we have uh, President Trump who's opening Netanyahu with a formal motorcade, an armor, you know, color guard and, and brings him in and everything. So you can see a little contrast there. So this is what's happening. Uh, boy, the children of Israel have multiplied. Now, this, this king of Egypt was fearful that the children of Israel would fight against him with his enemies. Boy, we see that going on today with other national leaders, you know, uh, coalitions and different things. And uh, even regards to the country of Turkey and the Kurds and different things, you know, uh, let's put down the Kurds because they're siding with America and this and that. So you see these ethnic groups actually fighting and people trying to, to achieve control, uh, even so countries as far as controlling the social media or even the Internet. So because of this, the children of Israel, they were afflicted and their lives were made bitter, you know. So think about that. Uh, they were afflicted and their lives were made bitter. And, and so what's, what's happening here is, which is very interesting uh, and relevant for today, uh, two midwives are mentioned, uh, Shifra, which means beautiful, and, and Pua, I which love her means name. splendid. Pua, I like Pua. that name. Shifra and Pua. So one means beautiful, one means splendid. Uh, and so basically uh, what was declared among the midwife guild or whatever was that they should kill all the males, you know. Uh, when the male comes kill it, you know, uh, and, and this is uh, the, the shedding of innocent blood. And what's interesting is, so, so here were the instructions, but they feared God and gave the excuse that the Israelite mothers gave birth before they could get there. Yeah, that's interesting. Why aren't you killing the males? Well, they're already giving birth. They're already, the babies are coming out, you know. Uh, and so because of this, it says that God gave them houses, not Pharaoh, God. So whenever you fear God and you do what's right, thank you, Holy Spirit, I would say this, we love the Jewish people. We, we, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, the holy city. We, we love the Jewish people. We pray for them. We respect them. You know, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. So what will the Father do for all of us that love the Jewish people? He will bless us. He will help us. He will, he will bring us to fruition. And that's the thing that we are looking at, you know. And so this is the story that, that's unfolding right before our very eyes, is that now all of a sudden... We're killing male children. And what comes to mind? King Herod. Oh, yeah. Kill all the children two years and under in Bethlehem. You know, there's this like just this genocide of, of babies, you know, and how many abortions have been in America, you know, the shedding of innocent blood, you know. Uh, it's wrong, period. You know, I actually, uh, I don't know if I have it on my phone or not, but uh, I think I could find it. I, I, you got a few thoughts that you want to share, Ryan, but while I look up this little photo, there's a bumper sticker that I took a picture of. But we're, we're actually in chapter one of Exodus. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, come on. So how evil do you have to be? Um, you know, I, I think about stories in the Bible uh, that deal with things like this, but the killing of children is just one of those things where, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, tough, it's a tough thing, you know? And tossing them into the river, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, come on. I mean, that, that's, that's a bit much. Um, you know, one of the other interesting things that goes on here is, you know, you have these people that stand up for what's right, they get told that they have to do something, and these people end up with their name in the Bible. 
uh, they end up being those people that wanted a little bit extra of the story. Hanok was talking when he was here about taking a little bit uh, of an extra part in the story and how do these people end up, you know, with this with this uh, position or in the Bible, in the scriptures of, of saving all of these people, it's because they did what God wanted them to do, and so they got a little bit extra. So if you, be obedient, I guess, is the, the point there. Do what's right. Uh, so anyway, I was I was up at Regency Square not too long ago, and I saw this bumper sticker, and I took a picture of it, and this is what the bumper sticker said, and I had to go back and take a picture of this. Listen to this. Think about this. This is what the bumper sticker said. It's easy to be pro-choice... When you're not the one being killed. Boom. I mean, I've never seen this particular quote. It says it all. It's easy to be pro-choice when you're not the one being killed. So we could go off on a tangent here. Of course. But the bottom line is that at the moment of conception, there is a life, folks. There is a life. So let's let's move into Exodus chapter 2. There's just so many storylines going on here. What an incredible storyline here. Well, this is the foundation of the story, right? That, that um, you know, the, the children of, uh, of Israel are in Egypt, Joseph dies, the Pharaoh turns against them, puts them into slavery, and then uh, tries to then control their population, which is very similar to what Planned Parenthood's done. They're trying, you know, originally they started and, and, and out... I won't get into what China's doing. I oh, mean, yeah. You, oh, know, yeah. you can only have so many daughters. Right. But less amount of sons or whatever. I'm not sure exactly what the storyline is on that. But, but as we go into, of course, uh, this particular situation... But there's just nothing new. I mean, there's just nothing new under the sun. The, the fact is that this is happening today. I mean, maybe we're not taking the babies once they're born and throwing them into a river, but, but through abortion... This and you know, the enemy's happening. trying to kill the two-house teaching. Oh, yeah. Because God forbid, all those people coming out of the nations are grafted into the olive tree of Israel, Ooh. and Yeshua is the root. Yeah. Oh, God forbid. It's a 10 to 2 ratio. It is. That's right. uh, and, and so let's let's look at Exodus chapter 2. And so because of this particular situation, uh, Moses is going to be born. And he's, of course, born among the house of Levi, of Levi. Now, here's the storyline. He was hit for three months, and he was, of course, put put into an ark. The, the, the Bible even says he was, he was a beautiful child. And, of course, Miriam, the daughter, uh, or Moses' sister, he watched over him as he floated down the river, going down to the river, down to the river. And who's there? <laughs> She's following the little ark. You know, where's Pharaoh's daughter but along the riverbank that she's in the river so she notices the little ark floating in there and, and and you'll see why in a minute and she has her maids go and get it well it says the baby was crying so that's probably why it drew some attention you know the baby was crying and of course miriam uh said she can get a nurse of the hebrew women uh for pharaoh's daughter so she brought her mother how about that so moses got nurtured by his own mother breastfed and, and nurtured uh, in the house of Pharaoh. Isn't that amazing? Oh, yeah. So now we don't know what the baby's name is because it doesn't tell us what they named the child, the mom and dad. But Pharaoh's daughter named the boy Moses, or Moshe in Hebrew, which means drawn from the water or drawn out. Now stop right there, everyone. Let's just stop and think about that. Drawn out, Right? If you're listening to this podcast, you have been drawn out. Yeah, there's a good chance. Maybe this is your first time ever listening to this podcast. Maybe it's not. I'm going to tell you something. You have been drawn out. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to see 
so, some interesting things uh, actually unfolding in the storyline, uh, because what's going to happen is Moses is going to be what? Raised up in Pharaoh's house. Is he not? Is he not going to be raised up in Pharaoh's house? He's going to walk like an Egyptian. Isn't walk he? like an Egyptian. I'm bum, telling you. Bum, 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 I'm bum, telling bum. you right now. So what's going to happen along the storyline here? Oh, by the way, uh, it's amazing how uh, having a midwife is so popular now. You know, some people today are choosing midwives at home rather than hospitals with doctors. Yeah. This is being restored back to us. You know, we had to drive all the way to Lutz to get a midwife. Now there's one in Brandon. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that in the state of Florida that a midwife is legal. I believe some states it's illegal. But, you know, but that's what we see. We see the story uh, unfolding right before our very eyes. I mean, this is what's, 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 what's so cool. And so he's drawn out of the water. And then, of course, what's going to happen? We're going we're gonna to do some more reading here. Uh, we've got to do a little more reading to, to get to the story now. So Moses is going to start growing up. And uh, what we need to do is uh, we're going to be um, reading Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 to 15. So here we go. So Moses is growing up now. and Oh, yeah. So uh, the Prince of Egypt. That's right. Prince, that's a good movie. There you go. Yeah, I do recommend that one. We've seen it. Yeah, from Pixar. A lot of times. Oh, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Or DreamWorks, not DreamWorks. Pixar. DreamWorks, yeah, yeah. Watch it, buddy. I, watch it. I, I apologize officially on behalf Disney's of listening. myself. Yeah, exactly Disney's right. <laughs> they are. All right, so here, verse 11, it says, And it came to pass uh, in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him, What did the wrong? <laughs> said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killedest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. So he has the revelation. Listen, he's back by a well. This is, you know... Oh, yeah. We know what happens at the well. Before he gets to the well, he has his identity revealed to him. Now, how long he knew this, we don't know. Yeah, it's not really... But here he is defending the Hebrews as, as a person that was raised as an Egyptian. Yeah. See, the dynamics has changed, Ryan, for us, because now the paradigm is that we know that we are Israel because we are grafted into the olive tree. Mm. The whole dynamics change. We're not a natural branch. We're a wild branch. And how many of you know that it takes the right action to fulfill a new identity? Well, and within the Hebrew roots, how many people look at us and say, oh, you're just trying to be Jewish? And I say, thank you. Well, I wonder if the Egyptians looked at him and said, hey, you're just trying to be an Israelite. You, you know? know? Um, and, you know, and so, you know, here he's defending himself, and then he gets found out. And he becomes a renegade, yeah. a fugitive. Fugitive. He takes off. He totally leaves Egypt. And so at this age, he's about... He actually leaves the worldly system. Well, he's 40 years old. He leaves old the empire. He is point. 40. He's 40 years old at this point. And so now he's headed off into the wilderness. And this is, you know, Paul goes off into the wilderness. There's a lot of, lot of the, you know, Yeshua goes off into the wilderness. There's a lot of stories in the Bible where somebody has to go off into the wilderness. And this is the time when God usually equips but the that's people. But that's a prophecy in Hosea. I will allure her speak tenderly to her heart in the wilderness. Mm. 
Yeah. And that God's trying to bring us to a place where He can speak to us. Yeah. But it's yeah. dangerous, though, because some people can stick into the wilderness a little too long, you know? When God's out, you're out there to get prepped and ready to go, and then it's time to uh, get to work. So Moses is born. He's Now he's a fugitive. And of course, we have um, Moses is at this well. He's in the land of Midian, supposedly. Uh, Moses meets seven daughters of Raul or Jethro at the at the well and helps them water the flock after other shepherds drove them away. So he he is the man, you know. He's Fabio. He just jumps in there. He just this saves is, the day. This is a family character trait, though. He saves the day. Yeah, he go wants to, to the save well, people. save the girls. But you know, it, find a wife. You know, it's interesting. Some have said, even the Jewish sages have said, and, and I would agree with them that because of Pharaoh's daughter showing compassion on Moses and drawing him out of the water, he was raised with compassion. Yeah, have compassion true. for others. Yeah, you know, some people are like, ah, I mean, they're bad. Let them lay in it. I'm but washing he wasn't my hands like that, you know. Yeah, Moses is like, you know, I'm gonna have compassion. Yeah. So he sees the shepherds giving these daughters a hard time. So he rises up and 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 does the right thing. Of course, he gets to marry Zipporah, the daughter of Raul or Jethro, and they have a son named Gershom with an M. Gershom, uh, and his name means I have been a stranger in a strange land. Yeah, sojourner. Yeah, a sojourner. You know, in a strange land. So Moses is not in Israel. He's not in Egypt, he's in Midian, see? So he goes from this current world empire, or Egypt, down south there, and he goes up to the land of Midian, which is today the modern-day country of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's not in the news, is it? Mm. Now, think about this, Ryan. This just struck me, the dynamics of a mixed family, because you're a foster parent. I am. Think about this. Joseph married an Egyptian priest's daughter. Yes, he did. And through her came Manasseh and Ephraim. Oh, yeah. So now Moses is with a Midianite, mm. supposedly, right? Yeah. Zipporah. Yeah. No, it's not supposedly. Uh, that says Zipporah, it right there. I think her name is to flutter like a bird or fluttering of wings or something. But anyway, uh, what a great woman. But she, uh, she bears a son, Gershom, which means I have been a stranger in a strange land. So there's chapter one, and there's, of course, chapter two. Well, so, you know, what's interesting here, though, which we were looking at earlier, is that uh, she actually provides, uh, or, you know, gives them two sons. And we don't really... We're going to get there. Are we? Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, all right, all it's, right. It's a little further down. Oh, well, we're going to get to that. Right. It's in chapter four. But here's what we want to do. We want to definitely read some scriptures. We, we believe in the public reading of scriptures. So let's get into, we're, we're in chapter 3, which is wonderful. Uh, God sends Moses to Egypt is the, is the title. Uh, Ryan's going to read Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. And these are very important verses for you to, to know how relevant they are for today. That's right. Strap it in, folks. Starting uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and beheld the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, 
for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for, the, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large with I'm sorry, and a large, a good land and a large unto the a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be... A token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, thou shalt, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Wow. So once again, you know, Moses is going to have an experience. He's 40 years of age, right? Uh, when, he, when, he, when he goes to Midian. Okay. So he's basically there for 40 so years. So now he's like 79 probably. He's going to be 80, yeah. I think, you know. And so all of a sudden, you know, uh, he's, he's going to have, of course, you know, it says right here, an angel in a burning bush. So when Moses took Jethro's flock to the backs of the desert, Horeb, he saw an angel in a burning bush. Not just the burning bush, but he saw an angel. Yeah, an angel. And then, of course, all of a sudden now, now this is where it gets to be very interesting. This is where you can see a theophany. Because look what he says. Put off your shoes, for this is holy ground. You wouldn't take your shoes off for an angel. But the bush is, 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 you know, he churned and saw the bush. And that's the thing about being observant. You know, I tell you the story, you know, where, where my kids were more observant than I was. We jump out of the car, we run to the store, we do this, we do And the kids are just looking around and checking things out, you know. And I remember going somewhere one time, and, and see, Moses turned to see the bush. He turned. Because this phenomenon of bushes going up in, 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 you know, fires was quite common, I believe, scientifically proven. But th- this bush was not consumed. It was like, whoa, let's look at the fire, you know. And even as we're camping now, we look at the fire and see all the different colors and and, and, and all the different designs that the fire makes. And you can just watch that for hours, right? I tell you, you and, and I tell you the story it. because, you know, we jumped out of the car, we're walking along the sidewalk, and I'm just looking ahead to where I want to go, and one of my children, I don't know which one was with me, holding my hand, I go, Daddy, look, look at all the caterpillars. And I guess it was spring or something, and this bush was covered in caterpillars. And I totally missed it. 
I was kept walking and walking and walking. And, and, and we need to slow down so we can see the things that God wants us to see. Now, yep. because of this phenomenon, God identifies himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he says, hey, Moses, I'm going to use you. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, right? And you're going to bring out my children. I'm going to use you to bring out my children. So once again, he could do this himself. He could defeat Pharaoh, defeat the Egyptians, and say, Red Rover, Red Rover, send the children of Israel right over. Come on down. Come up, you know, to the land of Israel. But this is the, this is the name that was given by God to Moses to tell the children of Israel, you know, I am basically that I am. Um, and that's his name forever. It says right here, as a memorial for all generations. You know, so many people want to try to figure this out. I am simply means he's a timeless God, but he's present. I am is now. It's present tense. That's right. I am. Now, why, why is this so important that we look at this? Because right now, you know, even in verse 14, I want to read it again, it, just to, to reiterate this. Exodus 3, 14, if you're listening. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. So once again, and God said unto Moses, comma, I am that I am. So I am hath sent me unto you, the God I am, which is now, present. He's not yesterday, tomorrow. He's right now. Now, I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not. Like Ryan was sharing about everything's been hijacked in regards to false deity. Uh, there's a new age concept called the Moses Code by James F. Tymon or Twimmon, T-W-Y-M-A-N. You can look this up yourself. It's, it's new age. It's just, it's just pure new age. So now the new age is going to take the Moses Code of I Am. And, and listen, listen as I share this with you. Public records. Is it possible that nearly 3,500 years ago, this is the caption. This is how it just grabs you. Moses was given the secret for attracting everything you've ever desired. The Moses Code was first used to create some of the greatest miracles in the history of the world, but then it was hidden away, and only the highest initiates were allowed to practice it. In this book, James F. Twyman reveals the code for the first time, showing how it can be used to create miracles in your life and in the world. By practicing the principles presented within these pages, you'll discover how you can integrate the most powerful manifestation tool in the history of the world into your own life. Think about this, everybody. This is blasphemy. You're going to use I am for yourself. Now, he's saying I, I am I am because I want to get my people. I want my people for myself. So what is Satan trying to do? Gather people to himself. So this is unlocking the Moses code. Continues on. This is the caption. This is the advertisement. Along with a number of other incredible claims made on the Moses code website, the basic idea behind the Moses code is that humans can now, for the first time in 3,500 years, insert a comma into the divine name of God and see miracles manifest. Now in the 21st century, we can begin to say an unbiblical version of God's name, I am that, comma, 
I am. And get what we want, so the story goes. That's Chris Lawson. He's, he's counterattacking now. This quote is by Chris Lawson, unlocking the Moses Code. So you, you can't pervert this thing. So he basically says, now in the 21st century, we can begin to say an unbiblical version of God's name, unbiblical version of God's name. I am that I am, and get what we want, so the story goes. Yeah, well, now that's Chris Lawson unlocking the Moses Code, revealing it. I don't want to take that out of context, yeah. but but that's that's what we're seeing. You, you can look this up for yourself. More, you know? than, more than, I think, blasphemy, right? Because I think that there's a, a certain amount of... You know, people get validated when they do things like this because the enemy of our souls wants these things to happen. So he's going to help, you know, speed these things along and make it expedient for people to do this. The problem is, is that, you know, what is it to gain the world and lose your soul? It's nothing. You know, you, you, in, in the end, you lose. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, God is a spirit. God has free will. Obviously, he gave us free will. And the thing that people aren't considering is that God, you can't just say abracadabra, or say some magic words, and all of a sudden God is you know, going to act on your behalf. It doesn't work that way. God is someone who... You know, God wants to have a relationship with us, and so He acts on our behalf for us who are obedient, who love Him, who do His will, and who are going to continue to, to push His agenda. Amen? And so when we think that we can just say things magic words or whatever, it's, it's really borderline, if not fully, occult. It's witchcraft. We're, we're attempting to say something and, you know, bada-bing, bada-boom, now it's, it's, it's manifest. And even if it does manifest and it quote-unquote works, the consequences thereof are not good. And, and I'm not going to go too heavy into this, because here's the thing. Uh, once again, unlocking the Moses Code, I was quoting Chris Lawson, didn't want that to blend into the uh, original advertisement, but once again, um, you can insert a comment and apply it to yourself. That's what he's pointing out. Uh, let me also say this, though, because here's the thing. We have examples of musical artists claiming deity, right? Uh, uh, the rapper Naz, uh, April 6, 1999, on his album, he's got like a pharaoh's face, I believe it's his face, and then to the left it says, I am dot, dot, dot. Um, and also, parental advisory. <laughs> I mean, I think content. everything you're about to mention is parental advisory. So, <laughs> and, and even in November 15th, 2008, Beyonce, on one of her albums, has I am. Uh, June 18th, 2013, Jesus is the name of the album by Kanye West. And uh, here's the lyrics to a song on the Yeezus album titled, I am a God. Oh, wait. Now... I'm not coming after Kanye West. I'm coming after the content. Yeah, of course. I'm not coming after his character or his personal life. I'm just saying that he's saying uh, in, in this song, I am a God. Uh, I mean, listen, listen to these verses. Just This is just mind-boggling. I am a God. I am a God. I am a God. I just talked to Jesus. He said, what up, Jesus? I said, I'm chilling, trying to stack these millions. I know he the most high, but I am a close high. Mi casa, su casa. That's our cosa nostra. Now, what's cosa nostra, Ryan? Cosa nostra means this thing of ours in Italian, which is the name of the mafia. Okay, so mi casa, su casa. Your house is my house. That's in Spanish. So mi casa, su casa is in Spanish. Now, remember, Satan wants to be elevated as high as God, if not higher. So he's saying, I know he the most high, but I am a close high. Yeah. See, this is where the divinity... The false deity com comes into play, everyone. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, uh, and I won't get into all the rest of it, 
but it's it's quite familiar uh, in, in some of these artists. Oh well, yeah, Jay Z, Jay Hova. Um, I mean, he's been anyway, saying that since you know I was a kid. But anyway, I, I'm just trying to point this out. You can look this up for yourself because because we're going to move on. But that's the, that's one of the signs of the last days, right there. When people claim deity, you know Satanists got some major influence. Oh yeah. Because wh- what's happening right now, Ryan, in our culture, everyone's eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it is not. Good, but it's false. Call it good, evil, and evil, good. It's false deity, at you know, at its finest. And right. the truth is, Yeshua is deity, and so that's an important note: is that there's a counterfeit always to the real deal. Absolutely. And so, if you're in the Word, if you're in prayer, if you're in worship, then when you see the counterfeit, you'll already know because you've been dealing with the real thing so much. And and you know, as we move into the story now, so so man, Moses has been given a big mandate, a huge mandate. That's right, a huge mandate. Huge. And so what he does is he says, hey, Moses, I want you to go to the elders of Israel and tell them that I'm going to bring the children of Israel, right, out of the land of Egypt into a land flowing with milk. I'm going to do this. And so they were, he was even told, you're going to go to Moses, you're going to tell the elders, and you're going to tell Pharaoh, right, they're going to take a three days journey. Okay, now... He's giving Moses instructions to tell Pharaoh. He's even telling Moses what to say. So think about it. What we're saying is it of God, you know? And and in Exodus 3.20, he says, And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. See, we got to get past ourselves in order to be let go. We have to to do this. And he just goes on to say some incredible things, you know. He actually says that uh, uh, in the side of the Egyptians, you know, uh, I'm going to give you favor. Never pray for finances, always pray for favor. So, gosh, how are we going to get out? How is this going to happen, you know? And he's saying, listen, I'm going to give you favor. I'm going to tell Pharaoh to let you go. And all these things are going to happen. Now, there's a price to pay. I know we're going to see that through the 10 plagues. But anyway, he even says, listen, the Egyptians are going to give you possessions, Jewels of silver, jewels of gold, raiment or clothing. Uh, they're going to give this to you, you know. And so Moses is taking all of this in, and now he's going to respond. Wow, it sounds well and good. You know, it's kind of like us. Oh, the restoration, the regathering, the whole house of Israel. Well, how is that going to, you know, the church is giving me a hard time. Some of the Jews are giving me a hard time. How are you going to do this, Lord? How are you going to do this? You know, I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box. I'm one brick short of a load, you know. Sometimes <laughs> you're not right. The lights are on, but nobody's home. <laughs> really, Lord, you're going to do this to Beit Tehila? You're going to do this with us, and not we're the, and not that we're the only ones. So now let's look at look at the low self esteem, not having a lot of confidence. Like, wow, you know, I can relate to Moses in this portion of scripture that Ryan is going to be reading. Ooh, I get to read. Chapter 4 of Exodus, verses 1 through 9. Let's check out Moses' response to this great mandate that God is going to do with him. All right, it says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. 
that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take uh, of the water of the river, and pour it onto dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. So basically what we're going to have here is a confidence booster. God is trying to give Moses confidence. Well, he's showing these you signs know. to Moses first. So as he's telling him these things, he's letting him know, you know, Moses is seeing it for the first time too. So he's getting well, like, yeah. oh, wow, this but, is But legit. here's the bonus package yeah. though. This is where God really did Moses a favor. They're so beat down as slaves, right, or whatever. Mm-hmm. He says, listen, you go and tell them this, but you're going to give them a sign. Yeah. You're, this is what you're going to do. He said, I'm going to let you have three signs before the children of Israel. This ain't before Pharaoh and his court. Right. He's like, no, man, I got to prove to them that you sent me. Yeah. He says, all right, I'll give you three signs, which is cool. And, and, and what did Jesus do when he came? He walked on water, oh, multiplied yeah. food, turned water into wine. Healed the man, sick. Feed yeah. the 5,000. Man, I could use him at my campsite dead. right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Turn two burgers into 12 burgers. I mean, so the first sign was he cast his rod on the ground. It would turn into a snake. I've got some extra burgers if you need some burgers. Oh, I'm going to be over there. Okay. Uh, so once again, a rod turns into a snake. And he's like, okay, put your hand into his bosom. It will be leprous. Pull it out of leprous, put it back in, then it's clean. And then he says, of course, you're going to turn water into blood. So Ryan only read up to verse 9, but we get into the part where, you know, Moses is going to say, hey, listen, I'm slow in speech and of a slow tongue. You know, Lord, uh, I never took the public speaking course in school. Um, I don't like to get up in front of people. I don't really want to speak before the people. I'm slow in speech. I'm of a slow tongue. And so God's giving him everything he needs to accomplish this mission. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's so reminiscent of Beit Tehillah. God has given everything to Beit Tehillah to fulfill the vision. God's vision. That's right. You know, thank you, Holy Spirit. I just realized, you know, people can wear on you with what they're saying, and their thought process can be counterintuitive or counteractive to what God is saying. You know, it's like I'll share with the people about being inspired in this way or that way with the Lord and in regards to the church or the synagogue or the, the Christians and the Jews. And, and people want to second guess that and challenge that. Did you really hear from God? Are you really going to have an Orthodox Jew in the pulpit sharing stuff? Are you really, is this really God? I want to tell all of you that are listening, it is God. It is God. Think about it. It is God. And so he not only says, listen, I'm going to use you, Moses. Here's the three signs. And now he gets a little angry with Moses. You know, God gets angry. And he says, listen, I'm going to give you Aaron as a spokesman. I'm going to give you your brother Aaron as a spokesman. So Moses isn't some little renegade or some lone ranger out there. He's got a mandate. He says, now I'm going to bring, you're going to go get your brother. And so what does he have to do? Anytime you have in-laws, you got to sit down and have a meeting. 
So he says to Jethro, Moses says, hey, listen, uh, I need to go back to Egypt and get my brethren. I need to be with my brothers. Mm. You know, it's kind of like us, you know. We feel like Judah, the Jewish people, they're our family, Mishpachah. They're a part of us. Somehow, some way, it's just the way it is. And, and Jethro gives a blessing. He yeah. says, go in peace. He does. Go in peace. And... Um, so he and, could have sent him in pieces, but well, you but know, he didn't. when God reveals Himself, though, right? It's for a reason. Sometimes right. He doesn't let people know things. I'll give you an example. So now Moses gets these three signs, and then he says, "You know, okay, what's well, it? All right, I'll give you Aaron. He can speak for you." But then he also tells him, "Hey, listen." He, he's going to tell him that the uh, those who sought your life are dead. It's safe to go back. Yeah. Remember when 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 one of the, um, I believe it was. Um, when Herod passed away. Oh, right. And Yeshua was able, Yeshua to, come out was of Egypt. able to go back to the land. Man, all those parallels. So whenever there's a death, there's a life or a shifting. Yeah. You know, and so now he's like, listen, you don't have to worry about that. Those people that sought after you are dead. And so he's going to go, um, he's going to go back to Egypt with his wife and sons. Uh, that's where he's going. Of course, we know he had Gershom. I have been a stranger in a strange land. That's what it means. But notice he uses the, the plural sons. Uh, so the other son is going to be Eliezer after Gershom. Uh, and I love this. His name means, my God is a help. So every time he looks at little Eliezer, he's going to think, man, God's helping me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Think about this, everybody. If God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. That's right. So he's bringing us to the land of Israel. He's bringing us to the Jewish people. He's bringing us to this place in history, you know. And of course, uh, continuing on in chapter four, um, these wonders, you know, what was God going to do with Pharaoh's heart? Harden his heart. So many people think that God controls everybody, but we all have a free will. But Pharaoh is going to choose to harden his heart. And of course, God is going to show mercy to whom he wants to show mercy to. But I tell you what, that's actually um, Exodus chapter four, verse 21. Let's go ahead and read Exodus chapter four, verses 21 through 23, and look at the context of this and how it's contrasted out, two different kinds of people. Why am I telling you this? Because right now, everyone, God is moving, but people are hardening their hearts. That's right. I don't believe what Beit Tehillah is doing. I don't believe this. I don't believe that. You're just like Pharaoh hardening your own heart. God lets it happen. So let's read those three verses and, and, and look at the context of it. That's right. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. But I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me, and if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Wow. So here we have a contrast of people hardening their heart. He says, Israel is my son. Israel is my firstborn. Interesting. Wow. Among the nations. Think about that. that that's two things he has to say to Pharaoh, you know, uh, you know, and so, you know, he's going to go into... Why? Why should I let your people go? You know, because Pharaoh's not going to recognize the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right, of course. Why should I? And, and what is the response? So he can serve me. See, everybody, if you think about it, the Hebrews of the Christian faith goes back to the root, Yeshua. Do you know that Yeshua 
loves the Jewish people. Do you know that? He is Jewish, not was Jewish. Our Messiah, our Redeemer, is Jewish, not was Jewish. He's alive. He is Jewish. He's Judah. So he can serve me. And then he goes on to say, if Pharaoh doesn't do it, he would slay his son, even his firstborn. God is showing you what he can do. Yeah. He's like, listen, the firstborn are mine. I can take them. And that's why you're going to see that in the 10th plague later on, Ryan. You're going to see where he takes the firstborn. Why? Because he can. That's right. He can take the firstborn. And you know, I'm a firstborn. <laughs> I want to walk the line. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to, I don't want to jump, jump out, of a, out of line here as a firstborn. I don't want to speak out of turn. You know? And I'll tell you, Ryan, the most amazing thing for me is this. I love feedback. You know, even if it's constructive criticism, or maybe I should have worded something differently when I'm sharing. But I want to assure you of something, Ryan, and those that are listening to this podcast. The things that I say are from my heart, are from the Lord, and they are inspired. And I can explain them to you. I can break it down for you. I can show you in the Word by the Spirit. And I'll tell you, I've not had very many rebuttals. Yeah. Usually you can teach or say something or bring the point out in the word and, and people will challenge you like, oh no, you're, you're taking that out of context or you're twisting that. Or my favorite one is I beg to differ. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Because you differ. Now it's okay. We love the indifferent, but I'm telling you, Ryan, and I'm telling everybody listening to this podcast that we, we are onto something big here. And, and, and I'll tell you what, we got to be like the Bereans and search the scriptures. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing. Now, Moses is going to go on this journey, okay? He's heard from the Lord. He's got three signs. He knows what to say. He's going to have Aaron there to help be a spokesman as well. He gets approval from Jethro, and now the journey begins. And you're going to relate to this, everyone. Yeah, no. I'm going to have you read Exodus chapter 4, verses, uh, let's see here, let's see here. You know, while you're looking for that, I was thinking, you know, uh, know, if Jesus isn't Jewish, then he's not Messiah. You ever think about that? I mean, one of the qualifications for being Messiah is that he has to come from the line of David, from the line of Judah. Oh, bar none. And he's bar the none. lion of the tribe of Judah. It's just, Absolutely. you know, over and over and over again, you know, it's confirmed. And it's like, man, people got to get with it. So so let's check this out. So now the journey begins. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help all of you out that feel like you're on this journey and you feel like you're doing what the Lord said to do. Well, you got to stop and get circumcised, right? I mean, We'll see. Yeah. So I need you to read verses, uh, Exodus 4, verses 24 through 26. All right, let's hear it. It says, And it came to pass by the way in the inn that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband art thou to me. So he let him go. Then she said, A bloody husband thou art because of the circumcision. Now, we don't want to read too much into this, but what I sense is procrastination. I do, and I sense A little bit of hesitation, like he was given some instructions, I need you to circumcise these two boys before you leave. Now, maybe he forgot, maybe he wasn't thinking about it, but God was going to kill him. You know, this may be just me reading into the way this is written, translated, or whatever, but it's almost as if maybe this was a point of contention between Moses and Zipporah. You know, hey, I'm a Hebrew, we do this thing. And she's like, I'm a Midianite, and we don't. You know, and so they kind of go back and forth. And it seems like maybe that she's like, fine, I'll do it. And she just does it because she's like, well, if if God's going to come and kill you because you didn't do it, then maybe there's something to this whole circumcision thing. Well, maybe Moses doesn't know that he's going to be killed. Ooh. It doesn't say. It doesn't. 
So what I'm saying is that yeah, it says the Lord sought to maybe, kill him. Maybe, maybe she wasn't maybe even Zipporah there. Maybe I was a little more discerning in yeah. wisdom or something. But yeah. but we know that the act of circumcision had to happen, and it was important. Yeah. So here's the thing: whatever God puts on your heart to do, just do it. That's right. Amen. Make make it happen. Just do it. Be you know? obedient to so, what God's you know, telling you. So you know, it talks about you know having a circumcised heart. You know, and that's the thing about circumcision. That's something you need to pray about. You know, w- with God. You know. Uh, I'll tell you what, you know, um, I guess I was circumcised at a Catholic hospital. I'm not sure, but I know it's probably the second day, but I'm not doing no do-overs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you're not circumcised and you're an adult male, that's between you and the Lord. I would not tell you, go get circumcised. Right. Because God wants a circumcised heart. Isn't it say that's a true Jew, one that has a circumcised heart? That's correct. So once again, very controversial, but the sign of the Abrahamic covenant is circumcision. That's right. Well, here's the point. The point about circumcision is this. That a physical circumcision without a spiritual circumcision is pointless. Well, end of period. End of story. So, if you're circumcised because you got lucky and they did it when you were two days old or eight days old, but you haven't you softened your heart to to the Lord through obedience, then your circumcision is not circumcision. That's what Paul says. That's right. So what's going to happen? There's going to be a welcoming committee. Okay, the Lord sends Aaron into the wilderness. So now God is speaking to both sides of the family, mm. to Aaron and to Moses. And just a little reminder, you know, uh, Miriam was the firstborn, Aaron is the middle child, and Moses is the youngest. We won't get into all that and that reference, but it is actually there uh, to, to point out. And so they meet and they kiss each other and they hug, and it's just the family reunion. It's incredible. And so, you know, from, from, from there on, he's, he's making his way. And of course, Moses and Aaron are going to gather all the elders of the children of Israel together. So you always start with leadership first. That's what I do. Whenever I do something to Beit Tehillah, I approach the board and then my leadership, and then we go from there. And that's how we have um, progressed along the way. Of course, Aaron did speak to the people. Aaron spoke to the people, and uh, Moses did perform some signs. And here we go now. So once again, you have the mandate of Moses, uh, the things he's supposed to say and do. And now they tell the elders, and now they tell the children of Israel, and they bowed their heads and they worshipped. So think about it. Because they were afflicted. They're being afflicted. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, Moses comes says, God hears your cries. He hears your prayers. And we know that they were supposed to go down to Egypt for 430 years. It's, it's already been prophesied to, to, to Abraham. But we worship God because He is the only one that can get us out of our difficulties. Yeah. You know, um, I got a little tennis elbow on my right elbow, and I'm just praying and doing some salve and doing some other things. But I, I truly believe that God will heal me of tennis elbow. You know, in Psalm 34, 19... It actually goes on to say, you know, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he delivers but he them out of them all. Delivers them out of them all. So once again, here we are. We've done Exodus chapters one, two, three, and four, and now we're going to go into chapter five. Uh, and if I could have Ryan read Exodus chapter five in verse one. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, "Thus saith the Lord God of Israel: Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me." In the wilderness. You know, so many of us are just out there doing our own thing in the name of the Lord. Oh, oh you know, God's He set me out by myself. It's, it's just me. I, I beg to differ. Could there be cases where someone is set out as an individual? I think you need to get with a community, and you need to get with a community quickly. Find a community. Amen. Find a community. So we have, of course, this story unfolding now. Now they're before the ruler, Pharaoh. And I'll tell you what, he did not know the God of Israel. 
No, nope, he rejects he the did whole not, thing. No, he did not know the God of Israel. And so, you know, Moses and Aaron is telling Pharaoh, hey, listen, you know, uh, it's going to be a three days journey to sacrifice to the Lord. We're going to go into the wilderness <clears throat> and we're going to sacrifice to the Lord. And, um, and of course, you know, if you read Exodus 5, 3, this is important for you to understand as well what, what the mandate is here as well. And they said, the God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. So see, when God is calling us out, everyone, it's for his purpose. And he's saying, listen, if you won't do this, this is what's going to happen. If you choose not to do this, if I'm going to set you free and you're not going to do this, what's going to happen? He's going to get pestilence or the sword. You're going to get pestilence or the sword. How many of you, your life's not working out for you? Because you have chosen your own path. Yeah. This is a word for some of you. What are you doing that you're supposed to be doing? Are you putting something off because of multiple reasons? I mean, what are you doing? Here's what I know when people who are listening hear that question. There's something that immediately pops into their head. Just go be an obedient son or daughter to the Lord. Just go do it. Stop waiting and go do it. Right now. Absolutely. Don't worry about how you feel or what what people are going to think or anything. Don't even worry about that. So now we think, oh, Moses has brought Pharaoh a great word. Now he'll know the God of Israel. Oh, no. He made them gather their own straw to make bricks. He made it harder. You know, he made it harder. And they had to make the same amount of bricks, even though they had to search and find their own straw. He made it more difficult. See, some of you are wondering, you know, and, and that's like Paul was saying to the Corinthian church. I don't know where the address is. But it's here, here it is. He basically was saying, listen, God has given me a door of hope. 16.9, by the way. I'll you can it. read it. I'll find it for you. Why am I sharing this with you? Because so many people, there's an adversary at the door. But we have to get past the adversary to go through the door. The door of hope. What happens when we back off? We get a relief in the flesh. Oh, that must have not been of God. Now I'm feeling better, doing well. I don't have this pressure you got a relief in the flesh. Because yeah. let me tell you something. You want to get a release in the spirit. And I'd like to quote my stepfather-in-law, Mr. Tim Colbo, on that lesson. Oh, yeah. We want a release in the spirit. We don't want a relief in the flesh. So whatever has to die has to die. Whatever we have to put aside will be put aside. But let, let's read that verse. Here's, here's what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. It says, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Wow. See, right now, everyone, a big deal. We have a door of hope. There is an adversary, but we're getting a release in the spirit because we can show you in the scriptures how God is restoring, regaling the whole house of Israel. If you don't have Jewish people in your life, how can there be a reunion, a family reunion? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. That's right. Should have, could have, would have, doesn't work, folks. You got to quit talking and start walking. Okay, so now all of a sudden, who complained to Pharaoh about the treatment they had received from the taskmasters? Why the officers of the children of Israel? Now, now, now your leadership is biting you back saying, have you really heard from God? Look what's happened now. Yeah. You know, and I've had that to some degree, you know. Mm. And so, you know, Pharaoh's harsh. He's harsh with the Hebrew people. Why? Because they were going to sacrifice to their God when they left Egypt. You know, these very things that they worship, they were going to slaughter. As a sacrifice. No wonder shepherds were looked down upon in Egypt, you know? And so he didn't care for that at all. You know, the very things that we worship, and you're going to sacrifice to your God? 
Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So now all of a sudden, life gets harder, and people would even come to me with this. Gosh, my life is so much harder now. So the officers of the children of Israel, they start blaming Moses and Aaron for their affliction. And I've noticed that when people come to me sometimes, you know, they blame me for their circumstances. I'm like, I didn't create your circumstances. Well, just accept it. It's your fault. You I'm, I'm here to help you and guide you, but <laughs> I didn't do that to you. Whoever says I got my hero, it's been hard. What are you? I go, it's your choice. What do you want? Yeah. Come on. Jacob wrestled God and walked away with a limp. What are you doing? Yeah, no kidding. What do you got? A cramp in your arm from a remote control? Oh, it's the thumbs on the YouTube. But on here's phone. Moses. Moses is like, I'm, I do the same thing. Lord, these people need relief. They need answer to prayer. He, he, Moses returns back to the Lord, and, and he asks why deliverance had not come to the children of Israel. Come on, Lord. He's crying out. Yeah. Lord, what's going on here? We, we've all done this. Some of you are doing this right now. Why am I going through this, Lord? Yeah, no kidding. But listen, let's, let's, let's figure this out in closing here. Let's look at Exodus chapter 6 and verse 1. Oh, man, I want to Let's close it, so it out. I let's close this. it out, and, and God cares. Here we go. This is a great verse, people. It says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. Listen, I believe for 23 years now, God is going to restore and regather the whole house of Israel. Period. He's doing it his way, because his thoughts are not my thoughts, his ways are not my ways. But I am participating here at Beit Jehila, along with many others. And we are loving it. He is going to do it, folks. He is doing it. But the question is, many are called, but few choose. Amen. You still have to be properly dressed. You still have to do it his way. Forget about my way. Don't do the Fleetwood Mac song, You Can Go Your Own Way. You can go you your can. own way. But who wants that way? Even if we have to die to ourselves, even if we have to suffer, I want what God wants. One of my prayers in closing here, and Ryan's going to close this up, but one of my closing thoughts is this. I always pray, Lord, give me what you want. Don't give me what I want. Yeah. And I'll deal with it. Amen. Ultimately, our job is to get into the Word and into prayer and into worship so that the desires of our heart line up with the desires of God's heart. And then we get the desires of our heart. Imagine that. Instead of backbiting one another and fault-fighting and being judgmental, you're being productive, creative. This whole portion here could be creative. You could just pull so many things out of this. I tell you what, I mean, I've gotten a renewed appreciation for uh, the book of Exodus, and I'm excited to, to keep rolling with this now, uh, because next week we, we get to go through plagues and plagues and more plagues. So, uh, all right, I'm glad you guys are listening. If you are listening to this, uh, go ahead and reach out to us if you have questions or comments or anything. You can email me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. Uh, you can also message us on any of our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and, and the like. And you can also live stream our services on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on all of those same places, including twopraise.net on the, the live tab, uh, which is also the same place where you can uh, donate as well uh, to help us with the ministry uh, and the, you know getting the, the word out. Like, comment, subscribe. You guys know the drill. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you, and have a great week.